Blog Talk Radio. Today we are enlightening ourselves on picking up the mantle, picking up what God has given to us. And if we picked it up and just not used it, then asking God to help us with that mantle, the stirring of the mantle. Have you ever just received from God a prophecy telling you exactly what's going to be going on in your life, how he's going to bless you, how he's going to use you. And over the years, you just began to wait. Over the years, you just began to wait upon that prophecy to come to pass, and you you see things in the spirit realm that God is doing, and you experience the glory of God and the anointing of God, but yet you're still feeling like you're in a holding pattern, seem like you're still stagnated where you started from. But we have to understand when it comes to the anointing of God, the mantle of God, the cloak of God, that it takes purging, it takes refining, it takes direction, it takes the Holy Spirit, it takes a a righteous living in order for God to fully use us the way that he desires to use us. So it's not just about the call and the prophecy, but it's actually according to the word of God 
as to how things are fulfilled in our life because God is the word and he always makes sure that he sticks to his word. So before we go into what God has to say in the revelation he wants to give to us, let us just begin to pray over the word today. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Father, we give your name glory and honor and praise today, O God, for truly you will inform us, give us revelation According to your will for our life, O oh God, we've cried over our mantles, God. We've we've prayed earnestly over what you want to do with us, O oh God, and we've asked you to use us in different situations and in different services, O oh God. And it seems as if it comes and goes, O oh God, and we don't understand why. Seem like others are prospering before us, O oh God seem like others are doing familiar spirits and they're moving forward, oh God, but we want to move within your spirit, God, and within your anointing, God, but there seems to be a holding pattern for us, oh God. So God, we come before you today asking you to give us the freshness of your word, oh God, that we may understand what is going on in our life, oh God, because, oh God, we know that you're faithful to us, God. We know that you won't leave us Know where you forsake us, O oh God, and we know that what you've told us is true and you're faithful to that, O oh God, because your word will not fail, God. But yet, O oh God, we wonder when the things will come to pass, O oh God. When will the mantle be displayed? When will the spirit of the anointing come upon us and use us, O oh God? We come to you today, God, as your Holy Spirit speaks to us and guides us and directs us into all truth and righteousness according to your word, according to your will for our life, O God, as we continue to yield ourselves to you, God, as we continue, O God, to communicate with you and and, and we continue to, God, live the life that you've called us to live, O God, and we ask that you give us comfort concerning this area in our life, O God, because we see the people are distressed. We see what's going on in the world, O oh God, and we know that you've called us for this time, but, God, we're asking when, where, and how. We want to know, O oh God, what it is your heart is desiring at this moment in our lives, O oh God, and, and what's going on around us. So we thank you right now, O oh God, and we give your name praise and glory and honor as we seek your face today, O oh God, and we know that you will come and answer us in Jesus' name. So as we begin to speak to the Lord concerning what he has promised us and what he's revealed he will use us to do, we begin to question God and say, but where, where, when, and how are you going to do these things, Lord? I've been waiting. I've had the prophecy for years, and, and nothing has happened dramatic that it would cause me to see what you're doing, you know, and we've seen in the Bible where there was a delay in the anointing. There was times when the prophecies would come. I mean, even David uh, went through a lot before he actually became the king on the throne. So we know that these things are possible, but yet we fight our flesh, and yet we fight the being anxious for these things to come to pass. So we're at the crossroads of our anointing, of our ministry, of what God has called us to do. And we're ready to pick up the mantle, but we want to know how. We want to know what are we to do with it. We want to know how do we treasure it. And God is saying he wants us to do it the right way. That way we will sustain no matter what. That way when the enemy comes in, we are yet able to stand according to his will, according to his way. And the Bible lets us know in John 16 that Jesus said, Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, Where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he shall convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. 
and in regard of judgment because the prince of the world now stands condemned. So Jesus is letting us know that the comforter is coming. But he's coming with a corrective rod as well. He's not just coming to comfort us. He's coming to let us be identified, identify sin in the world. So when you pick up that mantle, you have to be able to communicate with the Holy Spirit as he identifies with what's going on in the world. He said the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. So you have to be able in with your mantle to distinguish between those things as the Holy Spirit gives you direction. It's not just about displaying the power of God and the miracles of God. It's not just about the ooh and ah and the glamour of the anointing of your mantle. But you have to have a foundation on that mantle in order to survive in this world. So when he said that the comforter will come in regard to sin and righteousness and in judgment, he's saying that the Holy Spirit will lead, guide, and direct us in these areas. So that if he doesn't come, if he doesn't go away, these things, he cannot send the comforter to us. So he's allowing the disciples to know that these things must happen when he go away. So it's not about being fascinated with one thing or the other, but it's actually about the foundation of your mantle. So as you begin to look over your life and you you know the call that's upon your life, can you truly say that you've allowed the Holy Spirit to build a foundation of your mantle, of your anointing? Have you actually searched the word of God to build on sin and righteousness and judgment? even in your own life, not just to condemn the world with it, but to also judge your own life. Allow the Holy Spirit to judge your own life. And then with that, we're able to go out into the world and be strong according to what God has given to us to do. So while we're crying out to God to use us, we have to go back and search our own lives to make sure that our foundation is stable. Because without that strong foundation, we're surely going to fall. And then we'll wonder why we're falling in front of man or in front of the people because our foundation wasn't there. We went out, we got a word, and we ran out and said, use me, Lord. And we weren't prepared for him to use us. And we got swallowed up by the world and by the enemy. So he wants us to know that it's good that we desire to be used. It's good that we surrender ourselves to him. It's good that we give ourselves away to him. But in giving that, the word has to be in your life. Because just as Jesus preached the word and did only the things that the father advised him to do or commanded him to do, we are to do the same things through Christ. We only do what he commands us to do through his anointing, his anointing, because he gives it to us. It's not something that we have gained on our own. As we look in Matthew 28, 28. And Jesus said um, in verse 11, And now when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priest all the things they were, that were done. And when they assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers, saying, Say yea. Say His disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, we will pursue him and secure him. So they took the money and did as they thought. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. Then the eleven disciples went away to Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke and spake unto them, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. So as we begin to look at this, according to our mantle, Jesus said that he was given power. That he was given all power in heaven and earth. So when you begin to look at your anointing, you have to do as Jesus did. When Jesus was here, he was commanded by God. And he said, this is all that I do is what's commanded of me by God because I follow his pattern, his plan, and what he wants me to do. So that way he knew it was going to work out because he was stuck on what God was saying to him. So now Jesus comes along. The mantle is now passed on to Jesus. And Jesus says to us, I've been now given the power in heaven and in earth. And now I'm giving that same mantle over to you. So Jesus has passed it on to us and he's saying he wants us to do it the way that he did it because he wrote in the word of God how he did it and he says, "Okay, now follow that example of how things are to be done." Because as we know, Jesus lived a very very strict life according to the will of God. He surrendered himself to the will of his Father. So can we honestly say to ourselves that we're ready to be displayed to the world and our foundation is strong and our life is according to the word of God and that when the Holy Spirit comes with um, judgment of sin and, and, and looking at the righteousness of all lives, that we can honestly say that God has found favor with us? Or is it that we're just running towards the mantle without the righteousness? without the word of God, because the anointing cannot work without the word of God. The anointing cannot work without the power of Jesus. And when you begin to say, I want to use the mantle that God has given to me, you cannot go before the people of God to entertain them and think the Holy Spirit is going to follow up on that. You cannot go before the people in flesh and think the Holy Spirit is going to empower that. Just because you're calling upon him and you're welcoming him into the to the room or whatever, because God checks your heart, He checks your life before that power comes upon you. So when you cry out to God in your flesh and you're crying, saying, "God, why, 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 why?" God is saying, "Go back to the foundation of your life, and let's discuss." where you are now and where I need you to be in order for me to use you and allow the miracles to come forth. Because we know that the power of the Holy Ghost is with us and in us as was promised, but yet we know that we have to do it all through the power of Jesus. He says that I've been given the power, which means that he's ready to give it to us, and he wants us to walk in the authority of who he is. Not who we are. Well, I know I got the anointing, and I'm going to walk in it 24-7. Well, that doesn't say that God is there 24-7. It just says that you have the power and that God is giving us the power to to do the things that he needs us to do. And then we have to understand in Isaiah as it says that the Anointing will destroy the yokes. So God wants us to go out and begin to help people. He wants to commission us to go out in his name and do miracles, signs, and wonders. But he only wants those who have committed their complete life to him, that they live in the righteousness of his word, that they communicate with him, they have a relationship with him. And their life has been weighed in the balances by the Holy Spirit. He's not concerned with your past. But he is concerned that you turn away from wickedness and seek his face. He is concerned that this is not for selfish motives that you want the mantle. Because it's a righteous mantle. It's a holy mantle. It's given to you from the Father. And it's empowered through Jesus Christ. So God knows your motive for the mantle. Even if you don't speak it out loud, he's reading your heart. 
and he understands why. So if your heart is pure before him, then he'll continue to lead and guide you into your mantle. But, of course, we want it overnight because we see other people doing theirs, and we're like, oh, I know God has called me to do that, so I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, God, use me. Or we try to get a transference from the person by laying on of hands without seeking the the face of God and the progressiveness of learning the word of God, and we still end up failing. And we don't know why, or we don't want to believe why. But God is letting us know that your mantle that he has promised you is true, it's real, and it is for you because he gave it to you. But he also wants us to know that it's a righteous mantle. It's, it's a part of who he is. It is him. So he has to make sure that you don't fail with it. He has to make sure that we're groomed into it and that we walk according to his word. It's not about having a title doesn't make the anointing come more so or less. The title that you have is separate from your anointing. Well, it goes together, but it's the power of God and a title, I guess is what I'm saying. Your title, you know, for the people to see, but the anointing comes from God. It it doesn't um, come from the flesh. So we have to walk into the anointing of God, and the anointing is what destroys the yokes. When we cry out to God concerning sickness and disease or, or anything that's going on, we're crying out for the anointing of God to come forth, not our anointing, not anything we can do. We can't do anything without the power of the Holy Ghost. So we cry out in Jesus' name for him to come and rescue his people and that we are the vessels that he is using for this to happen. It's nothing of our own power. And we look in Acts ten thirty-eight. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. So Jesus' focus was the people. Jesus' focus was making sure that the people knew God, understood God, saw the presence of God, and heard the word of God. And he went about doing good. He went about ministering to the people. And it says, with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. When God is with you, he steers your mantle to where it needs to go. He steers it in the supernatural Everywhere he's about to touch someone, everywhere he's about to show his miracles, he's the one guiding that mantle, controlling that mantle. And it said God was with Jesus. And Jesus made sure that he focused on where God wanted him to be. And he went about healing and doing good as the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit was with him. And Jesus wants us to follow in those footsteps, that as he is with us, that we are strategically walking according to where he's telling us to go, that we don't have to worry about saying, Lord, I welcome you into this place because your mantle is his place, and that anointing will flow when he tells you what needs to be done. So that requires us to spend time with God. That requires us to allow God to minister to us in private so that when we do go out, we're able to understand and hear the voice of God. We don't wait till it's time to go out and then say, God, speak, God, speak. I need to hear a word from you, God. What do you want your people to hear? No, that's building up in the relationship of your private time with God. Then we go to Acts 19 and 11. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their illnesses were cured. 
and the evil spirits left them. And oh, how all of us would love to have such an anointing. But as we know, they walked with God. They understood Jesus. They knew that he left the power with them. Everything was built on their relationship. Their foundation was solid before the Lord. So they were able to do these things. So don't get discouraged over the anointing not being, as you would think, present in your life or that God is not using you. Or that every time you feel that, that unction to want to get out and do something, it's it's not producing what you thought. Because we have to understand that this mantle is not about us. It's not about pushing a button and saying, God, okay, use it right now today. You know, show your people that you're in my life, oh God. And no, 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 no. The mantle of the Holy Spirit is to help and to do good to the people, and to show God's glory. But we must have the foundation. We must be able to understand where God is going, where does he want you. And when we say we want to give ourselves away to God, when we say that we are surrendering ourselves to God, when we say, God, use me, According to your will, according to your purpose, according to your plan for my life. We have to get into the word in order to understand all that we've just requested of him. It's not about an emotional feeling. It's not about um, a tingle. It's about the spirit of God living in us, housed in our vessel. And as we read in Romans 12, he says, Therefore I urge you, brethren, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and approve that God's will what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Your body's a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable and pleasing to God. And do not conform to the patterns of this world, but renew your mind. Renewing your mind. That no matter how I see the same mantle that has been placed upon me, I'm not going to reenact that person's mantle in my life. I'm not going to repeat the same words that they they said and it worked for them. And so now I'm going to try it and see if it will work for me. But I'm going to give my life to God. And I'm going to conform to his way for my life. I'm going to make sure that how he tells me to do it is what I'm going to do. That I'm not going to conform to the ways of the world. That when I go somewhere to a conference or wherever I'm going and in in view of how other prophets or teachers or evangelists are doing their ministry, I'm not going to try to pick up on that and do it as well because it pleased the people or it aroused the people. But I'm going to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? What have you called me for and how do you want me to do it? And I begin to spend that time with God until the revelation comes. I've seen how everybody else does it, but I need to know how I need to do it, Lord. I'm not conforming to the pattern that seemed to work for everyone else, to the patterns that seem to arouse the people. But God, because I am serious about the anointing of the Holy Ghost, because I am serious about my foundation and my righteous living and my sacrifices of holy living unto you, O God. 
that I want to present myself to you in the right way. I'll wait until you tell me how you want me to do this. That way I know that your spirit has come upon me and he will stay with me, not through emotions, not through anything, but because you live inside of me, my mantle will stay. My mantle will be secure. My mantle will not fail. That I have to present myself, my body, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you, God. Which means as I'm growing in the spirit of God, he's being pleased with me because he's refining me. He's emptying out those fleshly desires that I have to go and entertain people, to show people that, oh, look at me. God is using me. You know, I'm being refined from all of the presentations that I want to give. But that I'm going to give God back his mantle. And I'm going to say, now pour it into me the way you want it in me, not the way I see it in me. And when God is allowed to do that, your foundation is strong. And now you're not entertaining people, but you're actually moving in the presence of God. And you will begin to see the signs and wonders and miracles happen. Because you have now emptied yourself before the Lord. And when you say in the name of Jesus, you will get a response. Because he knows you. And then it says in Romans 12 and 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophecy, let him use it in portion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encouraging. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern dignally. It is, it is, if it is showing mercy, let him be cheerfully. Let him do it cheerfully. All of these things, we have to know what we're called to do. And we know what it is, but we see other things that interest us, so we grab hold to that as well. And we try to multitask in all areas because we want to be able to be versatile. We want to be able to be used by God in all areas. But the Bible is letting us know let him use it in portion of his faith. That's what verse 6 said. According to your faith, let him use it. So when God allows you to get the revelation of the identity of who you are, build that identity before you cling to another identity and then another one and then another one. Because now even you become confused and there's no foundation in any identity that you've chosen to pick up. But there's one specific identity that God has given to you that's yours. And that once you build on that identity, the anointing will be building as well. You don't choose it. God will reveal it to you and let you know which one he has given to you. So you are to use it according to the portion of your faith. So whatever it is he has called you to do, it should begin where your faith is. Wherever your faith is. If your faith is not at the move the mountain part yet, but it's at I can believe a little bit, then start at the little bit and progress up as you learn the word of God, as you allow God to refine and purge you. Then you're able to increase in God because it all is dependent upon your righteous living. It's all dependent upon not just how much you yield to God, but your living has to be 
intact as well. Because as we read in Romans 12, he says, your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, and it has to be pleasing to God. So that lets us know that we can't just go out doing anything and then come back the next day and say, God, use me. Lord, use me. Speak, Lord, to me so I can speak to your people. And our lives are not lining up with pleasing God. Our lives are not lining up as a holy sacrifice before God. He's saying his anointing can't flow in that kind of chaos, that kind of confusion. Ephesians 4.1, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. A life worthy of the calling. The only way we know about a life worthy of the calling is through the word of God. The anointing is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. Jesus has been given power in heaven and on earth. He says, I'm transferring it over to you. I'm I'm giving I'm passing the torch on to you now. And I'm giving you the comforter, which is the word of God. And in the word of God, he now puts that word in us, so now we become as the word of God, because we speak the word. And through the word, through us, lives will be healed. Miracles and signs and wonders can can be shown because we're we're preaching and teaching and exemplifying the word of God. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. When we look at the lives of the disciples, they committed themselves to a life worthy of the call. It wasn't about just walking around quoting clichés and making sure that people knew we were saved and committed by word of mouth. But they actually lived the life continually, daily. And if the Holy Spirit look at our lives today, can he honestly tell us that's what you're doing? You are living a life worthy of the call that you've received. You're not looking at the patterns of the world trying to conform to them but that you're actually allowing God to refine you according to the mantle that he's given to you. And we can find that out by communicating with God and building our relationship with him. He said being completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Being humble not trying to use that mantle to exalt ourselves, to look more holier than anyone else, like I'm the one that God speaks to. He's saying, no, be very humble. Not humble as in a pushover, but humble as in you appreciate the fact that God has brought you as far as he has. And being gentle and being patient, that even when someone doesn't understand, you're yet ready to be patient and explain it to them. It has to exemplify Christ. I mean, it just has to exemplify Christ, our life. We have to go further than the day of our salvation. We have to go further than just receiving the Holy Spirit in our lives. We have to push towards the mark of the high call. We have to. It's more than just saying, I surrender. I give myself away. It's a lifestyle that has to be lived. It's not just lip service. Even though I know God loves for us to worship him and surrender to him. 
but it's your life that he's looking at in order to receive your full mantle. In order for that mantle to come to full revelation, to full fulfillment, your lifestyle is what's being looked at. Are we praying? Are we listening? Are we being trained by the Holy Spirit? Are we obedient to leadership? Are we patient with the people? Is our goal to help the people and not discourage them? Is our flesh more than our spirit man? What is it? These are the things that God is looking for when he allows his mantle to be placed on us. not just about receiving the mantle but the foundation 2 Timothy 1 13 what you heard from me keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you and guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us Everything is dependent upon the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, I leave him. I'm going to leave him. I'm going away, but I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you. I have all the power in heaven and in earth, but I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you. He's going to lead God and and put us into all truth and righteousness. Teach us all truth and righteousness. So we can't just wake up one morning and say, Holy Spirit, come. I welcome you into this place. But we actually actually have to take that time and set it apart for the Holy Spirit to lead God and direct us. And the only way he can do that is through the word of God. To just sit there and say, come Holy Spirit, and there's no word in us. How can he come? Because he is the word. So we have to have the word in us. And then when we say, come Holy Spirit, he just begins to give us revelation in the word of God. Which builds on our Mantle, our spiritual anointing. So we don't have to cry to God because our mantle has not been fully exposed yet. We don't have to cry and say, God, why aren't you using me? When is my turn coming? But we can go to God and get revelation concerning the word of God. Get revelation concerning our commitment to him and our way of living. We can get that information from him to find out what's hindering us from going to the next level. Because in dealing with the anointing, the mantle, there's a progression that we have to go through to get to that point. Do not forsake the the sound teaching, sound teaching of fasting and praying, the sound teaching of a relationship with God, a holy living, holy righteous living. The sound teaching of a holy sacrifice before the Lord. Your body, your mind. Do not turn away from that teaching. Your mantle is yours. He's not trying to take it away from you. He's not trying to delay using you but we have to understand the word of god and the progressiveness of that mantle we're ready we're ready we think we are but then we got the holy spirit over here that's ready as well but he's looking at our lives and he's saying but you're at point b but you're trying to get all the way to z without preparation without a foundation Because our foundation has to be strong. Our foundation has to be sure. The word of God has to be deposited into us. So that when the enemy comes, you're able to stand. While you're ministering or you're teaching or you're preaching and the enemy tries to distract and discourage the word of God, you're able to know what to do in patience and in love. You're able to know how to stand 
and truly stand through the Holy Spirit. And everything we do with the mantle is through the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. That's what he told them in Acts. So the power is already in you. The anointing is already in you. The mantle has already been identified. Now the word of God has to be in you. The spirit of God has to live true. And your lifestyle has to be pleasing unto the Lord. There's no any kind of living that you can do and try to carry the mantle. You can't just say anything and carry the mantle. But you have to be ready to inherit the mantle. And as we see in Second Kings, it says, um, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on the way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord has sent me to Bethel. And then as we go down a little bit further, in in 6, he said to him again, Elijah said to him again, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And through the obedience and the patience of Elisha, he was rewarded. And it says in verse 7, 50 men from the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance. Facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan, Elijah took his coat, rolled it up, and struck it with water, struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? And he said, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. Elisha had a hunger for God. Living according to his will. His life was pleasing before the Lord. Relationship with God. Relationship with the man of God. Patiently waiting as Elijah went on the course of the mission. Wait here while I go to this place where the Lord has sent me. Wait here while I go where the Lord has sent me. And then after all of that, he said, before I leave, what can I do for you? He said, give me a double portion of your spirit. He said, wow, (laughs) that's a lot to ask. He didn't tell him it was impossible. He said, that's a lot. But he said, if you see me when I'm taken, then it is yours. Otherwise, it is not yours. So that lets us know right there that we can be used by God, and then he may not use us, even though there's a promise. Because we have to meet the guidelines of the promise. God is just not going to give his anointing to ridiculousness, to stuff that just makes no sense. We're not even abiding by his word. We don't even read it. We don't spend time with him. We're not giving our lives as a holy sacrifice before him. We don't yield to the Holy Spirit because we think it's our power, it's our anointing. And we can turn it on and off when we want to. But he said to me, if you, he said to him, if you see me being taken up, then it's yours. Jesus said to the disciples that I've been given all power. Then he lets us know in his name we have power. The power is also conditional. You have to abide in him as he abides in us. We desire to have that double portion. We desire to be used for signs, wonders, and miracles. But has our life been set apart 
for God to use us in that way? Has our life been set apart that we spend that time with God, that we can honestly say, I do what my father tells me, commands me to do? I listen to what he says. Your mantle is sure. You don't have to cry over your mantle anymore and wonder why. Now you need to go and communicate with God. Now you need to go and talk to him and understand the next step of your purging, of your refining, of your righteous living, of your sac- giving your, your, your life as a, a holy sacrifice before him. That's the most important thing before the mantle is displayed. Because God doesn't want you to go out there and fail or be defeated by the enemy. But he wants our mantle to be on display so that his glory may shine and it will draw people unto him to be saved. Because the mantle is not for us to look good. The mantle is not for us to become popular or celebrities. But the mantle is for salvation. The mantle is for the Holy Spirit to come. So we don't have to wonder any longer, what should we do? How should we do it? But now we need to communicate with God according to our life, according to how we're living. Do we have a life that is pleasing to him? Let us begin to pray that we live that life according to what God has for us. That we surrender our life to him completely. Our mind, we renew our mind daily in his word. That when we say, God, use me, we're saying according to the word of God and by the power of the Holy Ghost. And that, God, when you use me, I'm only going to do what you say. I'm only going to follow your instructions. I'm not going to do what I think I should do. It's so important that we understand that this is not our anointing. We don't control it. But that we live according to the word of God in order for the mantle to be displayed. Father, we thank you right now, O God. We give your name glory and honor and praise. We magnify you today, O God, for the call that's upon our lives. God, forgive us for thinking that we could just go and do whatever we wanted to do after we got our prophecy or our word from you as to how you wanted to use us. We ask that you forgive us right now, O God. But, God, we ask that your spirit come in and teach us and guide us and lead us into the right way of learning who you are in our life and the way that you want to use your mantle, your anointing through us. We're just the vessel that you're using, that you have empowered through your Holy Spirit to go and do the work that you've called us to do. Lord, we thank you right now that whatever it is that we need to do, we will do it, God. And we will do it with our whole heart, not for glamour, not for show. But, God, that we would do it according to your will, according to your word. Because right now, oh God, we need the display of your Holy Spirit in this world today. We need your anointing to flow in our lives, in our families. We need you right now, oh God. We're crying out to you, God. We're crying out for the true anointing, for the true power. We need you right now, oh God. No entertainment, God. 
but we need your power. No emotional highs, God. We need your power. And we need it to be sent by you, from you, and commanded of you. That change will come in your people. That we will see your glory, God, when your power falls upon us, oh God. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. And if you have not accepted Christ into your life, we offer that time for you right now. That you would just believe God and believe that he died on the cross. Father, I'm truly sorry. And I want to turn from my ways, my sinful ways, my sinful past, and live a life towards you, O oh God. Please forgive me of all my sins, God. I believe that your son, Jesus Christ, died for my sins and was resurrected from the dead and is alive. And I know right now that he hears my prayers. I invite you, Jesus, to come into my life and rule and reign in my heart from this day forward. And, Lord, please send your Holy Spirit to help me to stay and be obedient to your word and to do your will for the rest of my life. I accept you right now, Christ, into my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We thank God for you accepting Christ into your life and starting afresh in a new life. And God will begin to minister to you according to his will for your life. It's an exciting walk that we take. We thank you right now for just listening to Destiny Talk. As God opens your eyes to his word and he shows you how to get to him, how to get in touch with him, how to speak, how to listen as he's coming and drawing near to us. That as we cry out to him, he's already listening. And he already has an answer. But the word is our foundation. The word is what he knows. The word is what the Holy Spirit knows. So once we allow ourselves to get into the word, then we can connect to him. And discouragement would have to go. Disappointment will have to go. Sickness and disease will have to go. Because we're standing firm on our foundation of the word of God. And defeat will be no more. Allow God to minister to you today and to touch your heart. And we thank you in Jesus' name.
If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. 